ladies and gentlemen, co-founder of Saddleback Church, co-founder of Rick Warren. She joins us from close to Saddleback. Round four, mono a womano. What? Womano. Womano. There's only, there are very few people in the world that scare me. <laughs> but Kane Warren, like I, I rock like a baby in the corner after every time I have an interview with her. I suck my thumb. I drool a little. Can't talk. I can't, definitely, definitely yeah, can't yeah, talk. Yeah, yeah. Judge Wapner, five o'clock. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together for Kate Yay! Warren. Kate Warren on the Drew Marshall Show. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> that was horrible. Uh, that was just disturbing. That's because I'm an introvert with depression, so that was my best imitation. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> Kay, I... Like it was, you're a pretty busy lady, and to work out a thing where you could join us before the show ended, I got. I'm serious. You know, we joke around a lot, but I'm so happy that we were able to work this out because I, it would feel weird ending the show without you. So thank you. Oh, oh well, I really did want to do it. Um, I, you know, I have one biological brother, but you're like close to the next. If he if something happens to him, you can kind of move into that slot. Nice. Um, nice. So, <laughs> sorry, brother. I love you dearly. Um, Is he bald? So. Is it what? Is he bald? He is. I He's don't... covered with tattoos. He's pretty scary looking. Oh, well. We're well. like the antithesis of each other. Why? Well, you're not scary. I just told everyone how scary you are. Oh, not looking, well, though. Sorry. You should have seen me bald, you know, after chemo. Wow. I was, yeah. My brother and I gave, gave the world a run for their money. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Okay, Kay, um, I need to just suck up and say mushy stuff just for a couple of minutes here. First of all, you know me enough, and our listeners will know me enough to know that I don't get many like really big Jesus people on the show because I can't stomach a lot of what they serve up. And it's probably because I'm not sure I trust the authenticity of it. It's probably because it's too shiny and smooth and delightful, and it's got a little Hallmark tattoo in the bottom right corner. But you are not smooth. <laughs> Wait a minute. You, you are not. You... Um, you know, you have had to process some pretty stinking tough things. You have been very vulnerable in speaking about this stuff, and you've been incredibly vulnerable in this show. So I really, really want to thank you for that. You know, from the first time that I hung out with you guys back when Stevie K was with the gang and your hubby and I were being idiots, you know, I just kind of felt like there was more to you than maybe people knew. And then I think, personally, I don't know you well enough or I've followed your career long enough, or your ministry, sorry. But I think there's this trajectory upwards towards authenticity and vulnerability. I'm not sure you've always been that open and honest. Have you? Um, probably not. Um, I wasn't raised, you know, to be that. We, in fact, I was raised just the opposite. We, we hid our uh, humanity, you know, in my house. Um, not because, um, I think with my dad being a pastor back in the 50s, 60s, and 70s in evangelical churches, it just was the culture, you just didn't talk about your problems, mm-hmm. ever. Mm-hmm. And um, because that could make Jesus look bad, or faith look bad, or what would, what would, pe- what would other people think, was yeah. probably the operative phrase in my house. Even though my parents 
I mean, their motive, I think, was mostly to try to protect God and the Church and didn't realize that, um, you know, that that, he didn't need protecting. Um, So I grew up doing that, and it was really when Rick and I got married, and it all just went to hell in a handbasket on our honeymoon that um, I knew that whatever I had done so far to try to preserve my own privacy, um, project an image of being perfect having it all together it wasn't going to it wasn't going to work anymore because um we were in deep trouble from the beginning and i didn't know what to do i didn't know what to do i didn't know how faith fit in with that i didn't know how god fit in with that and i thought i was going to lose my mind if i had to keep pretending so that's probably what started me on this as you would say and i i think i agree with that a slow trajectory upwards in vulnerability mm-hmm. wow i did say that eh? that was pretty good you're smart drew thanks <laughs> Uh, Write it down for your next show. Yeah. No, there's no next show. So you have also been there personally for me, uh, for me processing. Our listeners will know this as as you, but I'll just kind of concisely say this. There was a point in my life where I had lost the God I used to believe in. I lost my wife. I lost the relationship with my son and my grandkids. And I was like a walking country song. And you allowed me to process the faith stuff as well as the marriage stuff and we've had just some amazing conversations and i think our conversations on air have also been really really helpful for others i've heard from numerous people who have said that when you've been on that our conversation helped them because you know it's so ridiculous when you are swimming around in the barnyard of humanity if you know what i mean we all think it we all go oh i'm the only one going through this does anybody understand and it's ridiculous because even Kay Warren goes through X, Y, and Z, as we say here in Canada. Yep, we have. It's been, you know, it's been, um, it's been bad. It's just been bad sometimes. Um, our marriage has been bad. Um, sometimes relationships with um, extended family hasn't been so great. Walking through serious mental illness with our son Matthew was traumatic. His death was devastating. Um, you know, you just, I I think when you come up against some of the darkest times of life and then see where it takes you in your own head and in your own soul, um, Hmm. it it can shake everything, everything. Yeah. Yeah. And you do need people that, um, won't, won't, won't push you aside, you know, who won't decide you're a major disappointment, um, because you are, are questioning or just feel so wounded. But that's the thing. If we all know we need somebody who we can trust that they won't push us aside when we open up our garbage to them, then why do spiritual leaders especially not share their garbage? There's still a leftover remnant of of Christendom that still believes what your what your family believed back in the day, which is, you know, you got to look shiny for Jesus. Um, it's a bit of a game. It's a pretty dysfunctional, um, broken game, but it's, it's a, it's, it happens between the parishioners and the pastor. And so the parishioners have an expectation, I think particularly in smaller churches, that the pastor has to do everything, be everything, know all the answers, mm. do all the ministry, and um, they're, you know, he's like, or she's the conduit to God, and then, um, and then the pastor says, oh my gosh, everybody thinks that I have to be perfect, so I better try to be perfect, because if I fall off this little platform here, you know, off this pedestal, 
they're going to hate me, and it's not going to go well, and um, I'm going to let God down, I'm going to let them down. And so it just becomes this back-and-forth game, um, and pastors have to, I think it has to start with the pastor. I think if you wait for the congregation to say, hey, please be real with this, that may not happen. So the pastor just has to take the risk and say, you know what, I am a human being. I am a person. I am a flawed and broken and deeply wounded person who needs God every day to get out of bed. And when that starts, of course, it's scary. Some people won't like it. Some people will leave. Some people will um, say, you know, well, if that's who you are, thanks, but no thanks. Um, And it's scary. It's a scary thing. But I think it's the only way to really make church what it's supposed to be. Kay Warren, of course, is the author of several books, including, I think, my favorite, Choose Joy, Because Happiness Isn't Enough. Great title. But in this book, she describes how painful experiences, like two bouts of cancer, watching as life-threatening illnesses attacked her children and grandchildren, and living with mild depression most of her life, have shaped her conviction that joy is a choice and within the reach of every person, no matter how desperate or dark circumstances may be. Well, goodbye. (laughs) <laughs> okay, I'm waiting. <laughs> you hang up. No, you hang up. No, you hang up. <laughs> you remember when we did that? <laughs> yeah, you and I always did that to each other. Yeah, when we called each yeah. other. I've already said all the mushy stuff. I mean, geez, I just really, I actually kind of, well, I like you. Thanks, Drew. I really do feel like we're friends. Yeah. I really do. I yeah. mean, I, I grew up in a family that teased really hard, really hard. It was always in fun. Nobody used it to really hurt each other. Well, except for a few times when we were mad. But generally, you know, it was just sarcastic humor was, it's how fast can you take the person next to you down so that everybody in the room is laughing hilariously. Yep. I grew up with that. Nice. And so... That's a spiritual gift, isn't it? Yes. And when we met 12 years ago, it's just one of the ones that Paul forgot to mention. But, (laughs) you know, when, when we met 12 years ago, it was like, oh, you get this sarcastic takedown humor. I, yes, who can take each other down first? It just, (laughs) it it forms friendship bonds. And then through the years, I think just your willingness to go to those um, very vulnerable places about your your life and your your marriage and your kids and your faith, um, those kind of things are endearing to me because they, they say to me, we're not alone. I, I'm I'm not the only one sitting up all night um, chewing my fingernails down to a nub with worry or um, mad because um, God didn't answer my prayer to keep my son alive, and um, he's not. I'm not the only one saying, "How is God good in this world that is just thrashed and suffering?" I mean, I feel like you are willing to go there, and anytime there's somebody else who's willing to go there and wrestle with. Um, with life and with God, those are that that's those form bonds to yeah, me. Those yeah. kind of people I can form bonds with. Yeah, those are our peeps. Yeah. Let me just share this real quick and then we'll go. Here's the thing. I have to Wait, confess. I mean like hang up, go? Yeah. Good yeah. grief. What? I had so many good things to tell you. Really? Yes. Were they about me? Go ahead. Well no, oh. but about <laughs> but about like the reasons why I think you should keep pursuing the faith community. Oh, I I knew that was going to come up. But no, 10 really awesome reasons. And I wanted to tell you one of the funniest stories I've ever heard about blind spots, because I think blind spots is what keeps us from growing. Oh, we totally have to do this. Okay. Okay, All right. All right. No, hold on, because here's the thing. You're a pastor's... Wait, am I allowed to call you a pastor's wife? 
What's sure. the, what's your slogan? What is it? I, I'm the pastor's wife at Saddleback Church. Okay. Good. I'm good with that. All right. Somebody said pastorette here in the studio. <laughs> it's, like, it's, like, it's like, do you high kick like with those ladies in New York? No. What was that I going to say? Only during baptism. I was waiting for. Yeah, it. I know. Maybe one stupid question. Okay. It's got to be one. No, here's the thing. Um, People have said to me, God wants you to be in community. God wants you to be in community. And the God community, I don't want to be a part of. I don't. Okay, I hear you. So but but let's, it's let's it's move it's past that. Okay, but I why. well then okay go. <sighs> no, go ahead. You had something you want. Well, you to have to say Paul, you have to say hey, go to church because you're like the saddleback lady. So obviously you're going to say well you have to go to church. I don't okay, want to go so, to church. Okay, fine. I hear you. Now I'm going to give you ten reasons quickly from Ronald Rollheiser. It's a book you have to get. It's called The Holy Longing: The Search for Christian Spirituality. I don't know that I agree with everything he says about everything, but okay. this chapter is. Gold. Okay. okay, 10 reasons, Drew, not kidding you, quickly, Go. because it's not good to be alone. Eh. Second, because to take my rightful place humbly within the family of humanity, because God calls me there, to dispel my fantasies, number four, about myself. Oh, yeah. Number five, because 10,000 saints have told me to go. <laughs> Six, <laughs> to help, listen to listen, listen to this one, to help carry their pathologies, and to have them help me carry mine. Ultimately, simply put, he says, I go to church so that other people might help me carry what is unhealthy inside of me, and so that I might help them carry what is unhealthy inside of them. Seven, to dream with others. Eight, to practice for heaven. Nine, for the pure joy, for the pure joy of it, because it is the way heaven. Oh, there's only nine, not ten. But <laughs> he said... <laughs> But he goes on and talks about how when family gets together at Christmas dinner, you know, we have all these visuals of, oh, it's supposed to be perfect, everybody's supposed to get along, everything's supposed to be great. Yeah. But he said most of our family or church gatherings pretty much mimic the, ho- the family's home for Christmas, but your spouse is in a sulk. You are fighting tiredness and anger. Your 17-year-old is pathologically restless and doesn't want to be there. Your aging mother isn't well, and you are anxious about her. Your Uncle Charlie is as batty as an owl, and you are worried that he's a pervert. Your 30-year-old <laughs> unemployed son sits in the bathroom most of the day, and everyone is too lazy or selfish to help you prepare the dinner. You are ready to celebrate, but things are far from idyllic. Your family is not the holy family, not a Hallmark card. It, it hurts pathologies and Achilles heels lie open not very far below the surface but you are celebrating Christmas and underneath it all there's joy present a human version of the messianic banquet is taking place and a human family is meeting around Jesus birth and then this that is what church in this world perennially looks like most of the time it is so frustrating that we do not see the joy that is in fact underneath in the end we go to church for the same reason that we continue to have Christmas dinner together as a family for the pure joy of it Wow. Wow. Ladies and gentlemen, Kay Warren on the Drew Marshall Show. Okay, seriously, that was actually really, really good. You'll love it. I'm, ki- I'm not kidding. You will love it. It's real. It's, it's persuasive. It's compelling. Um, that chapter alone is worth the price of the book. <sighs> I don't even know it's what to good. say. I still I know. I still don't know. I'm not it's saying a- it's easy. I know. But just- I'm not even saying it's always pleasant. And, you know, to be honest, Drew, you're not exactly a gift package waiting to happen. <laughs> <laughs> preach, girl, preach. You know, you're, you should save that for the next segment, which is the <laughs> Drew Marshall Show, Drew Marshall Roast. Uh, we have five people oh, who man. are going to roast me, and I think you just started that process. Thanks, cupcake. <laughs> Jumping. 
But the reality is, yeah, yeah, you're going to meet a bunch of ridiculous people, but you're bringing your ridiculous self. So, you know, together, together, we can help each other. Because, like, if you put two ridiculous together, don't they cancel each other out? Really? That's your that's, that's your because it's math. It's like two negatives equal a positive. He tries to be a teacher all the time. I, I don't do math. Thank you. Math I don't either. Stands for <laughs> mental anguish to humans. <laughs> Math's a four-letter word. Me- mental anguish to humans. I love that. That's math. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, the Tim's mental still working anguish that part. out. I don't know okay. if I want to say goodbye yet. Is do you have anything else? <laughs> okay. So the thing that has probably is saving me and. Just saving me and making my marriage so much better after 44 years is this year my daily prayer is God show me my blind spots because I've had some really unpleasant encounters with both my husband and those who know me best pointing out some really ugly stuff about me and for the first time ever in my life I am willing to listen to it and I'll tell you why. Why? Because my mother ha- is 95 years old, has Alzheimer's. She lives in a, in a care home. And I went to see her about six weeks ago. And one of the other residents came out, and she was wearing her shirt, her jacket, her socks, and her shoes. No pants. And one of the other residents said, Eleanor, you don't have any pants on. And Eleanor looked down at herself, and she said, yes, I do. And they all said, Eleanor, you don't have on any pants. And she's looking down at her little skinny legs, and she says, yes, I do. And one of the caregivers came over and took her by the arm and said, here, let me, let me help you. We can fix this. She, she's heading down the hall back to her room. You can hear Eleanor saying, I do, too, have pants on. And as I'm laughing at this, you know, very poignant but hilarious situation, this little spiritual nugget flopped into my head, which is, Kay, you have been listening you have not been listening to all the people around you telling you that you do not have pants on and you keep insisting that you do. And I just want you to understand, girl, you do not have pants on and you have got to work on this. And from that, I have been praying every day this year, God, show me my blind spots because I don't want to be one of those people that everybody around me can see that what I can't see about myself, and I can protest all I want, and I can keep insisting that I've got pants on, but everybody else can see it, and um, it's time for that to stop. And um, I actually have some hope for myself growing as a person and Hmm. growing in my marriage in a different way than I have in many, many years. So here's here's to wearing pants. Dude, that was a crazy, crazy nugget. Mm -hmm. And I mean... Not having pants on, those kind of stories I listen to. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you do. <laughs> yeah, I'm saying. No, because, I, you know, someone showed me this graph once, and it was a circle, and then on the, in this pie chart, what show me what you know, stuff that you, everything you know. Okay, there's all the wisdom in the world, everything that anybody can ever know. How much do you know? And then you carve out a little slice. Okay. And then, okay, how much don't you know? Like, you don't know how to fly a plane, you don't know how to do brain surgery, and they carve out another slice of the pie. Well, the rest of that pie is what you don't know that you don't know. Yep. And that's the blind spot stuff. Yep. Paul David Tripp says we are blind to our own blindness. And um, 
I don't want I want to I don't want to be I don't want to be blind. I don't want to look behind me and know that I left a lot of destruction in my wake because I refused to acknowledge what everybody else could see and knew was true about me. You're a good friend. Thank you. I hope things go well for you. I I genuinely do. I I I'm so thrilled that um, you and Bev have um, are given this another go in at your at your marriage. It makes me so happy. It'll be hard. And um, but I am cheering you on, and I hope you'll let me know. I just hope you'll let me know. I hope that um, that we'll stay friends, and you'll keep me um, up to speed about about your life. I really wish you well, Dwill. Thank you. I just called you Dwill. <laughs> I was going to let that go. Normally, I would stomp oh, all over Dwill? that and make a big deal Is out of it. Is that Drew and Swill mixed together? <laughs> Dwill. I, I think I think it was something close to that. <laughs> I've been known to combine goodbyes to people. I've said, see you later, and thanks a lot, or something like that, and I end up saying, thanks a got. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Hanging that's out. Just how, that's just such a human thing, yeah. right? You yeah. try to be all cool and emotional, and, and yeah. then it comes out really stupid. So. Yeah. Beautiful. Kay, thank you for being part of my life and part of the show. Thank you. Yep. Best wishes to your friend. Take care. Bye, Kay. Bye. KayWarren.com is the website. KayWarren.com. Well... That's a, what is this? To buy the first pair. You can wear them if you're big, you can wear them if you're small, their pants if you're short, and shorts if you're tall. Great one, Timmy. Great one. Woo. Good job, buddy. All right, short break, and when we come back, it's the Drew Marshall roast. Yeah, many, babe. Many people were invited to it. Some are staying for it. <laughs> Gordo is in the house. Shauna yeah. is here. Noelle is here. Sure, the interns want to say something. Um, <laughs> I'll get the eight-second delay ready. We're gonna get a couple of people on the phone, and um, <laughs> I can't, I can't focus with the song happening. Anyway, if you want to hear people abuse me, stay tuned. Daddy wants-